<laughs> Respectfully, no. Dang. Yeah, it's a little chaotic, but it's okay. <laughs> I am I am genuinely excited. Yeah. Um, I think my energy level is low, but not in mm. a bad way. Okay. Um, I've been tracking my mood. Um, I started doing that in in February again. I used to do it for like therapy. Okay. Um, but I started to do it in February. Um, and I have decided to just like simplify it because I feel like my moods are all over the place that to like color code and track your mood is like extremely difficult. Now, do you do it like, well, I guess you're gonna explain it, but like when you, cause I've always wondered about that. I actually, I want to pick up habit tracking cause I've really been thinking about it since you told me about it. And I think it's something I want to do, I love it. but mood tracking, is that something like, do yes. you do it once a day at a certain time or is it like multiple times? great question so that was my problem is that when I was in therapy I couldn't like adequately track my mood without it being so much work because with bipolar disorder I'm like all over the place at all times of day and so people can like they're like oh well my mood in general today was x and I'm like Mm -hmm. how do you do that yeah yeah I, I am just not average that it. Like I felt like, sh- yeah, I felt like shit for three hours. I felt like on top of the world yeah. for two. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't do that. So what I decided to do was I, I've color coded now into okay. like four categories. Okay. Uh, they are up positive moods. So like happy, excited, joyful, like any up positive. Yeah. Is one color. Um, then I have. Uh, up negative emotions anxious angry irritable so like okay. still high energy but negative feeling Got those it. are all another color then i have down but positive which is where i feel right now which is like okay. low energy but like i'm content i'm relaxed like got it got i'm it. okay and then i have down negative sad exhausted that Depressed. type of yeah, yeah 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 So I have four categories and now what I do is I basically color in March. I'm doing uh, flower petals. So each different flower petal is a different day. So like the first, the second, third. Um, And I color code based on all of the things that I felt. So like some days my flower petals are striped and some days like some days some stripes are bigger. And some days some stripes are smaller, like, depending on how much I felt it. Um, I like that. Yeah. And so, like, I've noticed that I've been able to more accurately think, like, I just think about my day in chronological order. Like, when I woke up, this is how I was feeling. About midday, this is how I was feeling. And now at night, this is how I feel. And sometimes it's all one color. And Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. it's not. And I have, like, I had things in February that were, like, polka dotted days because, like, (laughs) generally... (laughs) I was like, well, generally I felt okay, but then I had moments of, like, I was super irritable, and so I would, like, polka dot my day. Like, yes, you know, it's worked for me, so I that's where I'm at. So that. today is a down positive day. Down Low positive. energy, but yes, down positive. Interesting. I really, really like that. I, you know, I seriously, um, I definitely want to start habit tracking, and I really like the idea of mood tracking. I feel like it's so easy for me, anyway, to, like, blink and I'm like, oh my god, a month has gone by, and I don't actually mm. know what I did. 
because like yeah. I did all the things I was supposed to do. I met the friends that I was supposed to meet up with. I had the phone calls I was right. supposed to do. I cooked. I went to work. Like I did all of these things, but like, did I do the things mm-hmm. that I wanted to do? Was I checking right. in with myself? No. Um, so I think something yep. just as simple as having that one thing that you go to every day, kind of like you were talking about with your um, doing the cold showers, just having yeah. that one thing just like just brings you just this this reminder of like it's a you have to check in with yourself like it, it it's like yes. it's not even a a want you have to in order to like navigate yep. this world and make sure you're on a trajectory that you, where you want to go rather than just like being pulled along by the tides um yep. so yeah thank you for all that advice right there cuz i am absolutely going to adopt that um mood tracking system that you have I love it. Um, how do you, how, or maybe how did you this week ground yourself when you know you need to, because I have a difficult time with Mm, that. Yeah. So in general, when I need to ground myself, I have to go to nature. Like that Mm. is where I really, really feel the most grounded. Um, so what I've been doing frequently recently is usually on the weekends, I'll get up really early and I drive to this one specific area, um, to watch the sunrise over the ocean. There's this like specific cliff. I have seen a clip of this on your Instagram and it's gorgeous. It is, it is, it is genuinely one of my favorite places in the world now. And I'm so, I feel so lucky and like honored that I'm so close to it. I, it's like a, yeah. especially that time in the morning, there's obviously no traffic. So it's like a 20 minute drive to get there. Um, and I can walk to the ocean from where I am, but this specific place, like how the cliffs meet the ocean and how quiet it is, there's no one else there. The way the yeah. sun comes from, like everything about it is just one of the most magical places. Um, so I find myself going there. Um, but what I did the other day is it was a full moon two nights ago. So I walked yes, it to the was. beach. Oh my close. God. It was so pretty. It was beautiful. Yes, yes, it was beautiful. Um, so I went to the ocean. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Cause I had a bunch of stuff to do around the house. And, but I was like, I had made the plan. I'm going to sit on the yeah. beach tonight under the moon, whether it's for five minutes or however long. So I, I actually took all my crystals with me. Um, and I just went <gasps> to the beach. Them. I, I charged them only for 30 minutes, but you know, like it is the intention. That's um, right. So I just sat on my yoga mat under the, under the moon. I put all my little crystals out. I let them like soak in that energy. I touched them all and like thank them. And it's probably been, it's been a while since I cleaned them. Um, so I was just like thanking them and I sat under the moon and I just like listened to like some really beautiful music and just like stared at the moon, stared at the water. Mm. Um, usually like when I have those moments in nature, it's when I can like really tap into like my gratitude and the like presence. That's where I feel most present is when I'm yeah. in nature. So that is, that is my practice when I'm feeling myself starting to float away or just when I need a, a check-in nature. That's so good. I feel like maybe I need to take more advantage of the nature that just like is around me. I feel like sometimes mm. people feel the need to like do something very special. Um, yes. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. Cause that's every time, like when I, when I, when I go to this, my, my cliff place, that is a very special place for me. And I'm super, super grateful that I have access to right. it. But if that wasn't so close, when I was in Philly, I would just walk to the local park. You know, it was a 10 minute yes. walk from my apartment. Yes. You can have those amazing moments 
right. anywhere. And I think a lot of times we put that pressure on ourselves of like, well, I'm nowhere special. I need to, if I could be somewhere else, if I could see this space, if I could do this thing and it's like, yep. you really don't need to, you absolutely, you can walk, you could walk into your backyard or if someone's like in a city, go to your local park, like wherever it is just to if nature is a thing that you really, really connect with, it does not have to be like, you don't have to go to Bali to connect with nature, you know, right. like yep. <laughs> you can go down That's the exactly street. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just so much evidence that connecting, like even physically grounding yourself, like it's what it's like named after, like mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. barefoot on the ground yes. is just like so good for you. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I just need to take my own advice and just go fucking do it <laughs> and get yeah, over myself. Yeah, yeah. This is literally nothing to do with anything we're going to be talking about tonight, but no, I'm glad. But that's okay. Yeah, I'm we, glad we had the conversation. Yes. Um, this was good to, like, I feel like conversate. maybe that's a thing that I need to think about. Like, conversations for me are very grounding. Um mm. Like, vulnerable ones, like, real ones, um, Mm -hmm. because it forces me to not intellectualize what I've been feeling, um, and just, like, talk about it, um, so I, I have noticed that, like, when I am connected with, like, just a person in a vulnerable way, I do feel more grounded, so maybe that's something that I need to think about for myself, too, that sometimes I just need to speak about the things that are going on in my life, because keeping it all in my brain can get messy sometimes so oh I resonate because it's really funny I so I live with Devin um they're my roommate and we have some really really beautiful conversations as well Devin and and I I'm very very grateful to be living with them we have like we're both going through our own like life journeys and they're not the same journey but we meet each other in a lot of planes Um, and there are times, and I don't know if this is an only child thing. I don't know if Mm. it is just a, my own, my own brain chemistry thing. But a lot of times when I'm feeling overwhelmed, um, obviously going into nature, things like that, I really do like solitude and I resist Mm. having conversation because I, I want to process it on my own. I want to be myself and figure it out. I want to, I, I, I don't want to. I don't know if it's why I don't want to burden anyone, but it's like, I don't want to have to process it out loud because then you're looking for a response. But I find right. when I am having, when, not that it's forced, but like when those conversations happen, I'm so grateful that they happen and I'm yeah. still so resistant to them. But like, as I'm learning and growing, you're absolutely right. I think conversations can be super important and just to, allow yourself the own acknowledgement that like, I don't have to have everything figured out and I can share this and someone can meet me and see me in my incomplete space where I am figuring it out. And that's okay. That's a good version of me too. I'm still loved in that version as well. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of that too, we say that now as like 30 somethings, I think we've found people that we can trust now so maybe mm. that's a little different for us like that's true. I totally understand like I'm thinking of about like my whatever 23 year old self and I would confide in in certain people and it it didn't feel grounding and so mm. maybe that's just me now being able to have those relationships that like I have fostered and and I can't trust and it's more of a sacred space to share um so maybe that's mm. also like just a, a difference in 
like what we've prioritized and, and who we've prioritized to be able to listen to us and can yes. trust to like protect our energy, you know? Um, yeah. That's an interesting, I feel like I'm literally discovering this like out loud, but. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I love this. Cause Deja and I were actually talking about this the other day. Um, the conversations that we have now and Deja has been my friend since that's another point yes. in the conversation we're about to have, but Deja has yes. been my friend since like fifth grade. Right. Uh, we've known each other since kindergarten, but we'll get into it. Um, but Deja has been one of my closest friends since fifth grade. And just the past few years, we're starting to have these really deep, meaningful, meaningful conversations where before right. we had meaningful conversations, but like we're getting to like the root of each yeah. other now. Right. Um, and I see that with a lot of my friendships now. And I, I think it's exactly what you're saying, like getting to that place and there are people that I wouldn't have those conversations with. And the people now that I might not have had those conversations <laughs> yeah. with, we're both growing. So as we're both growing, that sector of people, like the people that I might not have had the conversations with because I wasn't ready. Um, you know, there's people mm. that you know, like, this is not a safe space. But the people yep. that I knew were a safe space, we both weren't ready to have those vulnerable conversations together. Right. It was still um, surface. Exactly, exactly. And so it's like your own growth and then mm. the growth of those around you and then you're meeting each other again, like where you're at and being able to move into that. That's awesome. I think that's a great take because, yeah, I just think that, um, I don't know, I feel overwhelmed sometimes with like all mm -hmm. the advice that you see on the internet and TikTok and whatever yes. about all of the things that you need to be doing for yourself. And so... yeah. Um, like, yes, habit tracking is working for me specifically, um, but, like, if it doesn't work for somebody else, like, I don't want to make them do it. Like, don't exactly. feel burdened to, like, take exactly. on a thing that I'm doing, because guess what I'm not doing? I'm not tracking my macros or whatever I eat, mm -hmm. and I'm not, like, that's not something that, that works for me. It actually is harmful yes. to me. If it works for you because you have a healthy relationship with that habit, then great. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy for you. If you love running, I hate running. I'm not going to run. You can't make me run. I will not be running. <laughs> exactly. um, so I, it's just, uh, I don't want to say like to each their own. Um, however, I think that finding what works for you is very individual and like talking about grounding yourself. Um, I, I feel like I've heard advice from therapists and doctors and, all these different ways to do it and maybe there's there's more ways <laughs> than yes than just one and and maybe that's something that I because I, I wouldn't put that on someone else so I need to maybe not put that on myself too you know mm, yeah Ooh, so true so anyway that was a great <laughs> sidebar to <laughs> how I feel today <laughs> Um, I always like our intro sidebars. I love it. I think it's great because this is how our conversations act. Like th this is just how they go. Um, mm -hmm. That's not like fabricated or planned. It's just like uh, this is us <laughs> catching up before we talk about our life timelines. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm excited today. Um, so Ashley and I were brainstorming like what we wanted to talk about for this week, and um, Ashley's idea was basically to just talk about like what got us here. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so to structure that, what we decided to do was, did you pick five? I picked five. I picked five. It was very hard to pick five. Um. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so I have like, I'm like looking at my outline above my computer and like all of the brainstorming is above it. And I'm like, oh God, there were so many ideas that went out here. Um, and we could talk about a lot more, but each of us picked five 
life events, things that happened to us, things we did um, that have defined us and made us who we are. Basically, if if these things did not happen, we wouldn't be who we are. Um, And so I think what we're going to do is do you have like an approximate like year that they happened to you? Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I think what we'll do is like chronologically, like whoever comes next, like that's just who we'll share. Um, oh, okay. I love that. Okay. So like we'll go through it like an actual timeline, like whoever's year I is first. That. We'll start. Wait, let me, I know the year in my head. Let me jot them really quick. Yeah, that sounds good. So I, um, it, I had such a hard time narrowing these down because I feel like some things like encompass other things that happened to me yes yes absolutely absolutely and some of them i was like all right well these two things are a thing now because they're together yes and like and like later down there i'm going to touch on this again yeah yeah timelines are yeah they're not uh timelines are infinite (laughs) yeah no seriously so yeah um i highly recommend uh, my honest uh like idea where this came from like the structure this was mm-hmm. actually a team building activity that a school that I worked for did once. Um, okay. And like when we were put together on a teaching team, we had to do this with all of the teachers that we were going to be working with. Um, and it was extremely eye opening. Now, it, I don't think it was necessarily as deep or as serious or as vulnerable as we will be, but I just right. found it so, um, I don't know, encouraging that there were so many similar experiences and or like similar feelings that made up who we all were um yeah so I'm so excited I have no idea what Ashley picked Ashley doesn't know what I picked Mm-mm. um so I no. can't wait I'm really excited I'm, to hear what, what I know I'm genuinely excited to like chat and also like hear what you have to say like I'm really really stoked about this oh my gosh okay what's your first year that you have uh, well this one I don't have the actual year but it's the early 1990s <laughs> Okay, so you're first. My first is 1998. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so, um, yeah, so my first one, and I probably could figure this out if I did the math, but I don't feel like it. Um, (laughs) So it's, I must have been in the fifth grade, um, because my first big memory is (laughs) phone book stalking my now, one of my closest friends, Deja, who have already brought her up. Deja! (laughs) So... So when I was in grade school, um, I went to a small Catholic grade school. We had um, every, we, it was one of those schools where we went from kindergarten to eighth grade, same building, and we had roughly every year 30 kids in our class, and for the most part, we all moved together from kindergarten all the way up to eighth grade. That's crazy, but yeah. Um, Which, to me, was super normal. I thought that's how all schools did, (laughs) and then when I got to high school and everyone's like, no, it's not how it happened. I, mind blown. Like, every day in class, like, we sat in one classroom all day, whatever year that we were in. So, like, mm-hmm. there was the kindergarten room. There's the first grade room. There's right. the whatever. And so, like, th- that's it. Like, that is your group from, like, from birth to eighth grade. So, if you love um, someone, great. If you hate someone, too bad. <laughs> you're right. You're stuck. <laughs> um, and so, like I said, there was, like, roughly 30 kids. It was usually never more than 32. Um and up until like fifth grade I had like one friend that I was like friendly enough with that I actually like went over her house um but I just I never got that feeling of like close friendship from this person Mm -hmm. that was in my class and um so there was like 
there was like the cool kids and I was definitely not part of the cool kids group. Um, and then there was kind of like everyone else. It was like the cool kids. There was like six or seven of them. And then there was kind of everyone else. Um, and so Deja, so Deja is someone that I obviously I talk to every once in a while, but it was in a very fleeting way. Like in the classroom was to do projects and like, that was it. I was definitely, I would definitely consider myself like a loner, like my entire like grade school career. And I definitely think that was an only child thing. And also like my own, just like awkwardness, but definitely an only, an only child thing. I preferred being around adults. Um, I just, kids are kids and I just like wasn't I wasn't down with kids when I was kids um (laughs) (laughs) but so I had my one friend that I was like kind of friends with and she was one of those people that was like just a little bit and obviously it was grade school so it's not that way now but like very very needy needed a lot of my time and I like hated that I would like it got to the point where I knew she was calling the house and I would like tell my mom I'm not home like I just I needed got it yep just it was, need, needed like, oh, no, space this, and this, it wasn't the right dynamic exactly exactly um and then something happened in the fifth grade where I guess it was like a group project or the teacher was pairing us together okay. and they paired Deja and I together and we had great conversation for fifth graders um <laughs> and course. something in my head I was just like, we're friends now. <laughs> I like made, I just made the decision. I'm like, we're right. friends now. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there was this one day, it must've been a weekend. I don't know, but okay. I know my parents were out cause it was just, my grandma was home and I was like, nanny, I'm going over Deja's house. And she was like, who's Deja? I'm like, she's my new friend. And so I found <laughs> so confident. <Deja. laughs> and like, which was, and looking back was very much not me. Like I was never one to Yeah, impose. that seems a little out of character. One. It was very out of character, but I was just like, we are friends. I couldn't tell you <laughs> what nothing from our interaction in this like grade school like doing this one day project together should have planted that seed I don't know what she said I don't know what I said I just decided no this is our friends now like you're stuck with me yep so (laughs) I looked up this is back when like phone books were like a genuine thing yes so you needed them to call someone you had to have them Yes. So I looked up her family's address in the fucking phone book. You sure did. <laughs> she lived. You said, like, "Let me ten. find my new friend in the yellow pages." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like that should have been a clue. Like, hey, she never gave you her address or phone number. You're probably not friends. <laughs> but I was like, well, that's what the phone book's for, in case like there's these oversights. Right. Happen. That's the whole point. That's why they gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked up her address. And I just walked myself to her house. (laughs) I can't believe that. I also can't believe that. So I walked myself to her house. I had knocked on the door. And I learned now, or in my older years, that, like, Deja never had people over her house. She, For a whole list of her own reasons, she never (laughs) wanted to have people at her house. So she would always go to her other friends' houses. And so Deja's mom is not used to having Deja's friends show up. And so she was so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh, Deja, you have a friend here. I just bought donuts. There's donuts in the kitchen. Deja, look, your friend is here. And then Deja comes out like, who is this? She's like, I don't know you. (laughs) 
was fifth grade, so I obviously don't have a very clear memory, but sure. ever since that day, Deja and I have just been very, very close. And I'm trying, I actually, I should have called her before this episode to like get this specific info because I can't remember like if we became like inseparable that day or did I just like kind of grow on her after a few visits? Right, but, after like, you weren't leaving, it was like, well, I guess she's here. <laughs> I guess this is a friend that I have now that like, oh, I wonder if she felt like I felt with my other friend where I'm like, oh God, this person like this came, like this person just showed up like uninvited. Listen, she still talks to you now. So no matter what, you wore her down at the very least. Everything's fine. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, so I basically showed up on her front door. We somehow in either either a one to few day visit, like became very, yep. very good friends. Um, and so the reason that I think that this was such an important moment in my life is, well, I mean, yeah. Deja has been with me ever since and we've had. Yep. Such a close friendship. Um, and we've grown together in our own ways and supported each other and have just, it's been an honor to know someone as long as I've known her and to like, for us to grow together and to actually see that growth in her, for her to see the growth in me, to see our growth reflected in each other. Um, and so just taking that now, albeit absolutely insane leap of faith, um, I would not recommend just showing up on someone's <laughs> doorstep. Um, but it was just this like first, this first time that I felt an internal ping and just like mm. unblind, like just unquestioningly followed it. it there was something yeah. in me that was like, we are friends. I can't explain again. I literally cannot explain what happened in that conversation that made me think we are going to be friends, but like something even inside fifth grade, Ashley was like, this person is very, very important. And again, maybe not the best way to go and go and attract a friend. (laughs) Um, but like this person is a person that needs to be in your life. And that, and I followed that ping. And instead of thinking like, this is insane going to someone's house who didn't invite me over and they're there. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in imposition. She's, she mm. could have had, she, we could have had this like relationship we never had, but so that, that means that she doesn't want to be my friend. Like instead of allowing those again in the fifth grade, allowing those like negative thought patterns to like yeah. stop me from pursuing something I did. I took that leap of faith and we did become really, really close. Um, and yeah, it's just this, like, this, the first moment where I just intuitively knew something, um, mm. and again, just had all this time in my life to have this person that has just supported me through, yeah. it, through everything, um, so yeah, that is one of the most important, uh, time stamps in my life is... I love that because... Showing up, yeah. It's, like, such evidence to trust your intuition that like lives in you like Mm -hmm. what a consistent piece of evidence that shows like hey you can actually trust like the little thing in you that says to go do something like yeah and I know Deja and she's so lovely and I just feel (laughs) like one thing that Ashley does so well is connect other people like you're just so good at connecting people with one another like I 
there's so many people I met through you. Like, I met Deja, I met Brittany and Donna. Like, all those people I met because you were friends with them first. And I feel like that is a testament to the exact thing you're speaking of, which is your intuition to follow people that you feel safe around. And I feel like Mm. if that started with Deja, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and it's, thank you, I really appreciate that, because you're not the first person to say that about, like, my ability to connect people, and yes. it's it's something that I don't even notice until someone else brings it up. Like, yep. to me, it's just, that's just how I function, that's what I do, I, I attract yeah. people that are yeah. really be- beautiful, kind, warm, good energy souls, yeah. um, and I, I don't genuinely see, like... I don't see how not normal it is to, like, the world until someone um, brings it up. So I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm so yeah, glad I just, to, you know, create yeah, that space Yeah, I feel like you people. share. Like, um, yeah. some people guard their best friendships. Mm, yes, yes. That is, I And you're like, so look at often. these beautiful people that, like, you should also know. And yeah. you become this, like, very beautiful like glue between people that would not have met otherwise Mm, um yeah like I remember celebrating my my birthday um with you and all people I met through you at your apartment like you guys were the ones who threw me my birthday brunch in Philadelphia um Mm, and I never would have met any of those people if I didn't meet you first and so yeah I just want to like very much say out loud like you are very much a glue that that ties people together that deserve to know each other and you don't you don't hide those beautiful people because you want them for yourself and I think that's very selfless and beautiful Mm, thank you I received that I received that so much thank you of yeah, course. well, that's that's my first one. Also, now that I'm thinking about it, it actually might have been like 1998-ish, so I might have jumped the gun. That's fine. It definitely was. So, FYI, <laughs> but that's okay. yes, that if is we're my about first the same time, one. Then that's Hi, Deja. Great. <laughs> Hi, Deja. We love you so much. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So my first one's in 1998. I was in second grade um, in 1998. Oh, I definitely. So. Oh wait, no, because we're. I'm a little older than you. So okay. Yes, you Just are kidding. older than me. Um, <laughs> so I think it's literally about the same time. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a mixture of like happy, sad, and unfortunately, mine start Me out a too. little sad. Um, okay. My very first one um, that I felt particularly like life changing was the death of my uncle. My uncle mm. was closer to me in in age than I think lots of uncles. He was significantly younger than my mom. He was eleven years younger than my mom. Okay. And so felt more big brothery than than uncle um so he was quite young when he passed he was 20 21 um and passed in a car accident and just Mm. like the the way it all happened was very cinematic um and so it it feels dramatic reflecting on it as an adult Mm. um Because as a kid, everything is a big deal to you, like, while it's happening. Valid. Um, Yeah, so I was in second grade, and it was October 30th, and it was the day of our Halloween parade in our school. And so everyone's dressed up in costume. And I had quite a big elementary school, I think, um, like, comparatively, kindergarten through sixth grade, and each grade had four classes of like 25-ish kids so I mean it's quite a large elementary school and 
I was in second grade in costume on Halloween. We had done our parade. Um, mm. And so I am on as high of a high as you can be as a second grader. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with my, like, bag of candy and in costume. And um, I don't remember what I was wearing, but I, I do remember it was toward the end of the day. And my teacher got a phone call at her desk. And she said, Miranda, come here. And I teeter over. And she was like, <laughs> your dad's here to pick you up. And my dad worked every day of my whole life. Um, okay. And never would pick me up from... No one ever picked... I was a bus kid forever. Okay, okay. Um, my parents were working parents. They could never drop me off or pick me up. Like, there was no walking to my school. Okay. I lived in the middle of nowhere. Like, I am a bus okay. kid. Um, gotcha. And so, in my mind... This was the best day ever. My dad is getting me from mm, school. Yeah, yeah. I just had my Halloween parade. I have my candy. I get to leave school early yeah. with my dad. This is the best day like, of my this whole is, life. This is it. Like, nothing's topping this. I shit. have arrived. Like, this is <laughs> amazing. Like, I did the best part of the day, and now I get to leave? Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was thrilled, and I go, you know, yeah. I go up to the office, and my dad is there, and... Because I am on such a high, I could not read the low that my dad was in. Um, Got it. Got it. My dad is also very good at um, delivering bad information. Like, when I say very good, he is, in the best way, neutral when required. Um, Whether it's out of anger or sadness or whatever, he can be neutral until, like, until the right moment and so he was got it he picked me up and got me in the car and drove me home and i was i don't know i it it's about 10 minutes back to my house maybe um okay and my mom was also already home which was also weird okay and i was like everyone's home we're having a halloween party like yeah yeah. i'm like this is great um and my brothers that that lived with us are both younger than me and um so at the time 1998 I'm, i'm seven years old um, un- old enough to understand, young enough for me to be confused, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. so I remember walking in and my mom is crying and I'm confused. Um, if I were older, I could have read the room enough to know that something terrible had happened, but I'm, I'm right. asking like, why is mom crying? Um, and I recall sitting in her lap. Um, Mm -hmm. She, like, pulled me into her lap, and my dad tells me what happened, that Sean has passed in a car accident, and um, Mm. very good at explaining it to to me. Um, It was my first encounter with death. Uh, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Um, It wasn't. I I also had a previous encounter, but I was very young. This was my first encounter where it mattered to me. Yeah, yeah. And where I understood... Uh, the pain that it causes other people. Right. Um, my mom was so sad. And yeah. I was so overwhelmed because I also loved him. When I was young, my, my grandfather died, um, and I was, like, around for that. And I I didn't care enough about him because I was three. Right, right. I, like, I wasn't oh, alive long enough to care. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yes, death has always kind of been around me, and so that's why I feel this is significant. Um, I, I remember, like, when I found out, and my mom is crying, and my dad is upset, and, um, my whole family lived in Massachusetts, so we had to pack everyone up and, and drive there immediately. 
um, it was just such a young way to realize, like, a very cliche, life is short. Um, mm, yeah. At, at, at seven. Like, oh, like, yeah. people die, and then they don't come back. Um, ever, yeah. Ever. Like, that's it, and, and that's all I get, and now I'm kind of angry and also mm-hmm. kind of confused, and, like, those feelings don't change as, like, a grown-up. Like, yeah. I'm, like, watching my parents also feel, like, angry and kind of confused, and, um... Right. Just those questions that you start to build as a human experiencing life of, like, why do these things happen? Why? Like, a lot of questions yeah. of, like, why do these things go on, and, and what's the the purpose of something so terrible like this when such a great person yeah. had so much life left to live? Like, you ask all the big questions when you yeah. encounter that, and so for me... Yeah it started to shape the way I looked at living. Um, mm, dang. Because I was like, oh, like, I, I ended up having lots more run-ins with, with death throughout my, like, very young life. Um, and so this was the first that, like, hit me so hard that I was like, oh, like, I need to do what I want to do with my life because it, it might not be around for as long as I, I anticipated. Um, right, and we so don't know me, when. Right. That, for me, was, like, a, uh, the first, like, framing of kind of a, a, a worldview, if you will. Like, what, what this yeah. life here is like. So, that's my first one. Yeah. Dang. And, like, also, with you being so young and with, like, in a, an event like this where you're so young, you're so confused, in, in most instances where a child is that sad and confused a parent can then come in and like very rationally kind of work through things and like kind of help you understand and give you that love and support as immediately as you need and as long as you need but they're also grieving at that same time with you so death when you're that young I don't I've I didn't have anyone that close to me when I was that young to have to kind of learn that lesson through so I I can't imagine what that must have been like for you as a child you're completely devastated and confused and like everyone around you is also devastated and confused so then trying to process everything must have been extremely extremely difficult yeah, I mean, I am. I do want to say I didn't appreciate my dad um, at, for for the role that he played throughout my young life. But he was very instrumental in that time because, although he was sad, he was so good for my mom as uh, someone who was mm. stable and good at processing those feelings, um, and good for I think us as like there were three of us, me and my two younger brothers. Yeah. Um, so I do have to say that I am grateful to have at least one parent who was slightly removed, um, right, a- right? Enough to be to be a little more stable. Um, but to see your mom, you know, like when your mom yeah. is unstable, you feel confused as a kid. Like you're like, what yeah. the fuck do I do with this information? Um, and like, right. right, rightfully so, she had all of the right to take the time to to grieve. Um, right. It right. just it just makes you process things. I think a little more more quickly. Um, Mm. and so I, I am, you know, I'm excited to continue. It's something that I feel like we, we avoid sometimes like talking about death specifically because it's like a little scary. Um, but I'm excited like stepping into this time of my life to like 
celebrate it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to like still remember that person and that time yeah. so vividly. Um, yeah, because that's I think wild. It, you were yeah, so it's young. important to me. Yeah. So he that had was such my an impact. One. That's yes. amazing. It's amazing yeah. you had that much of an impact with you that young. Thank you for yes, sharing it's that. It's a future baby name if that ever happens for me. Mm, what's yeah. his name? Sean. Sean. Mm. Yeah. What year is your next event? My next one's 2007. So is mine. Shut up. Okay, you go because I just went. <laughs> but but it's actually 2007 this time. Okay, <laughs> okay got it. <laughs> so 2007 for me was the year that I went to college. Um, so okay. I graduated high school in 2007 and I went to college that year. So going to college and taking out student loans, um, that I grouped those together. Um, yeah. Because they're it's a you double went big win. To Pittsburgh, right? I did. I went to the University of Pittsburgh, yes. So, first off, for me, college was... I always knew I was going to college. I Like, right. that was... It was not even a question. Like, my parents, specifically my dad, it was just like, you're going to college, you're going to college, you're going to college, right. you're going to college, yep. you're going to college, you're going to college. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to college. All right, perfect. That's, gonna, that's the thing that's going to happen. And I... I went to a high school that was ill-equipped to really help young adults understand what college is. Okay. Um, we had a guidance counselor that was basically like, are you going to college? Right. Cool. And like, that was kind of the conversation. Um, and my parents were both not college graduates, so they came from the place of you go to college and then you are rich. And like, it made sense to them because that's, that was the narrative that was being spun in the early two thousands. Like you go to college and then you become a millionaire. So (laughs) I, in, in a very like sheltered, I guess is the best kind of place to put it. I went into, I went into going to college like I was going to high school. Like it just, I was very fortunate to be, I was always, um, like, in the AP classes in high school, and I did very, very well in school. Yep. Um, and so it was easy for me to get into college. Um, I didn't sure. get any scholarship money or anything, cause, because I didn't, th- I didn't think that I needed scholarship money. I had mm. such a distorted view of how to pay for college. Yep. Because my parents were like, you're going. Like, it's a thing that's going to happen. And, like... Yep. you have to. I very... Yeah, yeah, you have to, and it'll just get figured out. Looking back now, as an adult, and knowing a little bit more about how my parents managed finances, yeah, I get <laughs> credit was just you just put it on a credit card, <laughs> like you just like everything sure. was on a credit card. Everything's on a credit card. College, you just take out a loan. You take yeah, out a loan. You'll figure it and out then eventually. One day, yeah, you'll figure it out. You'll pay you're it go off. to college and then exactly. You're gonna go to college and then you'll be rich and you, you make pay it all off. the money so, and then the debt goes away. It's so magical. Exactly. You'll be fine. And so that is in my and I, I look back and like there's parts of myself that I'm very frustrated with myself because it's like sure. you could have 
figured this out, that that's not how it works and how difficult right. it would be. And there's also the other part of myself that's like, also, you were 17 and kind of an You're idiot. You're a child, so, like, so give yourself <laughs> some grace. Yeah, you were a 17-year-old signing out $80,000 worth of debt. Like, yep. that's what happened. Um, so went to school, um, again, with this just kind of like, well, I'm here. Uh, this right. is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm good, I guess. So I went to the University of Pittsburgh, um, which I grew up in Philadelphia. And so I knew that, I knew that like numbers were kind of important. That's basically all I knew. Like the numbers of college okay. were kind of important. So I wanted to go, I wanted to get away from home. That was, for me, that's what college was. It's like a, a way to like sure. show that you're a grown up and like get away from home. So I wasn't really thinking about, um, the academic uh, no. standing of the school. No, there's no or prestige like that. issues. Exactly. I was like, Pittsburgh is as far away from Philly as I can get while still paying in-state tuition. Because like, yes. I feel like the numbers yeah, of school people don't know, it's like a six-hour drive. So if yes. people aren't aware, it's actually quite far. It's like getting multiple states away, still being able to pay in-state tuition. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, so we did the college tour. I liked the campus and it was That's far all from you home. Need? And I was like, ding, ding. And they accepted me. Ding, ding, ding. We're in. We're good. So this was the first time. So when I, um, when I was in grade school to high school, a lot of the girls from my grade school went to my high school. And so there was an easy transition period there. No one that I knew went to Pitt. And so I was going to school completely alone. Sure. And we all know now how I make friends. Um, that is <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to knock on a dorm room um, door and be like, hello. <laughs> Which is so interesting because like um, when when I went to college, it was just this. I don't know how to make friends, right? Like, yeah. obviously, I did in the, sure. I did in the fifth grade. I did this like insane thing where I found like right. one of my closest friends, then got right. more friends through her, and then went to high school where the people I knew. So, like, uh, that's how I knew how to make friends. I'm like, well, that's not what we do now that we're adults. So, I my first semester of college was one of like literally one of like the darkest periods of my life. Like, I just wanted to disappear. Like, I. Yeah felt so lonely. I felt so scared. I had no idea. Like there was, uh, I, I, again, I came from this like really sheltered place where I was in like AP classes and I had a very, very, in high school, I had a very right. close, small circle of very close friends. And we were all like dorky, nerdy, like that like mm -hmm. very specific group. And now I'm in this college campus with thousands of people and yeah. I don't know how to like navigate this world. And I just wanted to disappear. And I eventually um, did make uh, one friend in one of my Spanish classes. His name is Carmen. And Carmen basically introduced me to all of his friends. And through Carmen, I met most everyone that I was friends with my entire like okay. college, uh, my college career. Um, looking back, though, I recognize how little I did, like, for myself like I did mm. everything with the group that I had kind of like been accepted into and I am yeah. so grateful I have some of the most beautiful friendships from that group like Carmen and Justin I'm so right. grateful for them mm. yeah. but I never 
joined any organizations. I never did like any kind of like intramural sports or anything like that. Like I never did anything that was like something that I was specifically interested in. I recognize how I followed this group and whatever the group was doing, that's what I was doing because they're my people. That's, that's what I do. I hang out with them. And that was kind of my college career. And I think about it and it was like, I, where college is supposed to be, you're finding your identity and you're, you know, experimenting and doing all of the things. I didn't do that because I think that first semester of feeling so alone and so just scared and everything like I didn't want to feel that again in any way so I don't want to join a sports team because I don't know anyone in the Hmm. sports team I don't want to join a new group there's no safe person there yeah exactly um and so like I love thinking about my college years because there was so many great memories I had with my friends and I'm I'm so grateful but then there's also this like the sadness of oh I wonder what it would have been like if you also did some stuff that was just for you Um, and like, that was your time to do it and like be a complete insane mess and like enjoy and like, you know, no repercussions. (laughs) Um, so then to piggyback on that, then I graduate college and, (laughs) and then I'm now, you know, $80,000 in debt and I have no idea how I'm going to pay this off because I went to college and I, I did the things I I did the classes and I, right. You checked off all the boxes and you did all the things you were supposed to do. And you and don't just pretty, magically have $80,000 now. I surprisingly didn't. Yeah, surprisingly that, you know, me and the other, I think, I think actually I looked this up and I think it was 1.2 million people graduated in 2011 from institutions. Okay. Um, and so like me and 1.2 million other people are fresh yep. out of the college boat trying to find jobs. And, you know, sure. the first job I get is my minimum wage job at our beautiful hotel that we Cheers met to that. Uh, cheers to that. Um, and so life immediately after college became survival. Like it became, how am I going to pay this? Because I, my parents weren't able to help. I didn't have any income. Uh, and it was just, all right, how are we going to do this? And so after school, it was just, how are we going to survive? And yep. there is this interesting disc, this thing that happened that now I'm starting to recognize more and more where after college, when I got all of those student loan bills and just that you have to survive, you have to pay your bills, you have to pay your bills. Yep. I almost lost control of my, I lost control of my own autonomy because instead of trying to figure out what do I want to do with my life? What am I interested in? What kind of career, what, what kind of career would fulfill Mm -hmm. me? What would be interesting to me? What would I like to try? What would I like to explore? It was, you need to pay these bills. So what are you going to do to pay these bills? White literally own you. They own you. You, you are, your personhood and your autonomy and your self-discovery is less important than paying back um, discover and uh, Correct. whatever yep. the bank was that I had the student loans with first because they changed hands yep. so many times. Um, so yeah, there was, and that's something I'm still struggling with and I'm still very much trying, because it's been years that I've kind of subconsciously understood. Like I didn't consciously think they're taking away my personhood and I don't, I can't explore Of course, myself. you don't think that because you're supposed to be like grateful for your like learning experiences and shit. Exactly. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I'm, it's, it's like internal wounding that I'm still working on undoing, but I can, I can much more clearly see it now that I, I just felt like I, again, like I was almost floating along in a river and it was like, whatever I need to do to like get this minimum monthly payment so I can pay like Sally Maybach. Like that's, that's what's important. Not like, oh, I used to be really interested in journalism. I'd really like to see if there's some kind of like, you're not allowed to care about that because that doesn't make you enough money to pay back the people that own your whole life now. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that is, um, so that's one of my not as fun memories is my whole, you know, college and student loan, uh, dot in the timeline. Yeah. Because that, uh, I mean, essentially it defines so many of your future choices. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, It completely does. It completely does. And every job that I've taken since then was, in honor of in that lens. paying these yep. bills rather than this is something that right. brings me joy. And I, you know, there's parts, sometimes when I say it out loud, there's this like, there's this immediate like, oh, Ashley, you sound so ungrateful. And, you know, people would be grateful to have the jobs that you've had and make them. Right. And I'm like, why is that? And like, and other people can't do that. But why, why is that what we accept? Why no, as a society that's not the bar. do we accept? Yeah. Why as a society do we accept that like, well, as long as you're able to pay your bills, it doesn't matter if your work makes you happy or not. Like, why is that what we've all right agreed to be like, yep, that's just life and it is how it is. And you should just be grateful. Right. Um, I hate late stage capitalism. Um, Amen. (laughs) I'm like really, really kind of getting over this phase that we're in. Um, But yeah, I just, I think about that. And every time I have that immediate, like, oh, that's, you shouldn't say that because people, you, other people will, they, not everyone has it as good and you should be grateful. It's like, but why are we all accepting that? Why, why, why? Right. So on the, like the first half of what you were talking about, I don't know what ultimate correlation or like conclusion to come to, but what this, I found this interesting. You were talking about how you let your friend Carmen connect you with people in college. Mm-hmm. And what I found so interesting is like you didn't make friends on your own, but for me, you were my Carmen in Philadelphia. Interesting. And like, I That's feel like you're really, that for really a, interesting. a lot of people now. Like, and I don't know, that was, I, I met you literally like almost 10 years ago now, which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that is kind of crazy to me. Like, actually, no, exactly 10 years ago, I met you. That, this is when I started my job 10 years ago. And you've been that role to a lot of people. So I find that interesting. I don't know if that's somewhere like, in your spirit to connect people with others because you didn't, you weren't able to do it on your own at a certain time. Like, I'm not sure, but I just, I find it interesting that you said that in college you didn't really make your own friends when I feel like you're great at connecting people with others now. So I don't know. I just, I don't know what conclusion to draw and if there is one, but I I just found that interesting. I like that. I I like that you said that because I never actually thought about that. So I know that I, Deja, someone that I'd also done that for because when I went to high school, Deja and I went to different high schools. Deja had her friends at her high school and then I had my new friends that I kind of made through the people that I went to my grade school with and all that. Right. But I, Deja, 
I always brought her around when I was going to out to things with like my friends from my high school and Deja's now just as close with the girls from my high school. Sure. So like we're all in a group together. And then obviously I'd done that with you after schooling. So it's almost interesting. Like, I, I don't know if you want to like call it law of attraction kind of stuff, but that energy yeah. that's put out, like, you know, yep. that just connection and like wanting people to just be connected. And I wasn't able to do that for myself, but found someone like I, right. we almost like maybe called each other in. I don't know what that is, but like, you know, yeah. that I had found Carmen and he was able to do that for me kind of like in between me doing that for others. That is really interesting. I never made that connection, Miranda. Yeah. I just think it's cool because I feel like, I don't know. We all play different roles at different times. And I feel like, mm-hmm. um, like you're, you're definitely a connector. So maybe when you were like lacking and in a negative space, like the universe sent someone in as like a substitute. I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I love that. No, I, I appreciate you bringing like you making that connection. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So my other one is also in 2007 and like, Part of it is, like, a little funny, and part of it is, like, it definitely affected me ultimately in a negative way, but um, in 2007, I was in, like, my my junior year, beginning of my junior okay. year of high school. Of high school, um, okay. Yeah, of high school. And ultimately, like, the, what I would call this event, quote-unquote, is not losing my virginity. <laughs> um, mm. And... The reason I find it so significant is because because I can recall my closest friends at the time sitting me down to tell me that they had lost their virginity. Okay. And I was so vocal about not having sex. I was, like, okay. very in the evangelical culture. I had a purity yeah. ring. I also had a boyfriend, and we were very vocal about not having sex until we were married. Um, Interesting. Okay. And that is not something now that I recommend to literally anyone. So I just want to be clear that hindsight, um, I would say, don't do that. Um, But at the time, it felt very dramatic to me to be... It's twofold. At the time, I was left out. And I was isolated and felt weird. And the fact that all of my friends now have sex to discuss with one another, and I did not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was all in like, the same school. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, we There was a group of four of us, and all three of them told me that they were having sex with their committed boyfriends. Um, okay. And I was so confused. I was like, yeah. I don't know. I was naive, and I kind of just assumed that other people would be doing what I was doing. That was silly. Uh, for me to think. Everyone can make their own decisions. Um, but now I am very specifically the odd one out. Um, mm. And I had been for longer than I had known. Like, they, this clearly didn't happen for them, like, yesterday. Um, right, so right. So I was like, okay, this is weird. Um, so much so yeah. that I, like, I, like, called my mom to pick me up early, like, hanging out with them because I felt so left out and, like, kind of uncomfortable, I was like, I don't get it. However, here's the second part of it. I was super judgmental, and they were scared to tell me. Ooh, and okay. I didn't know that at the time. Like, I didn't yeah. understand it at the time. But it was yeah. the first planted seed of maybe the way that I act out this Christian faith isn't right because people mm. are scared to be my friend. Yeah, dang. 
like that's sad if my yeah. closest friends are like we can't talk to her because she's gonna be mean yeah. like yeah. ew ew i don't want to be like that um like that makes me so scared to talk to jesus i i'm saying i'm like oh yeah. like no literal prostitutes were like besties with jesus like this is gross yeah. um and so it was the first seed planted of like maybe i don't want to be like this and I, I didn't have the words for that at the time um and at the time I was just like selfish and left out and like I I only cared about like what I felt like um yeah. and so I was like oh I don't like this because my friends aren't like me and now I am like very alone and I no one else is doing what I'm doing and like whatever moral high ground bullshit I wanted to believe yeah. in my head um yeah. and again I am kind to young Miranda who was told this by all of the adults in her life. And so, like, I get it. It made sense at the time. And I don't blame her for believing what she believed and, like, hanging on to what she thought was right. Um, Right. That's okay. I get it. However, um, I was judgmental, objectively. Like, I was being judgmental. And I cared about what other people were doing with their bodies in a way that was not healthy. And Mm. I... I was not a safe person for them. And that makes me so sad. And, like, yeah. it, it ended up being that way for a lot of things. It ended up being that way for my gay friends who came out and didn't want to talk to me. It ended up being mm. that way for um, people who didn't want to come to my youth group anymore. Just, like, a bunch of different yeah. things that felt similar to them. That, like, that was a me problem. And so yeah. not losing my virginity was, like, a flag of uh i i am different from all of these people and i want them to be like me yes um i could have chosen to be different from those people and that could have been fine but the way i went about it made them uncomfortable and so yeah i need to claim responsibility for that um and like now that i'm deconstructing that for myself Um, it's something that I think about, like, if I do have future children and how I want them to be able to speak about their bodies and what they want to do with them and, um, or not do, or not do it all. Or, or when they, when their friends tell them something and they want to ask their mom for advice and am I a safe person to come to, um, I don't know. There's a, there's a cycle that I, I would prefer not to repeat, um, I know that, like, the adults in in my life, especially at church, like, very specifically, um, were a one-story narrative, and there was no deviating from that, and I just came off so harsh, um, and internally I didn't feel that way, I didn't think I was, um, there was just a lot of naivety there in in believing that um my moral compass was the right one like the one and only right one um because that's what the grown-ups in my life told me so uh it was a big deal because that that led to so much other stuff in my life that I'll get to later um yeah like sex itself ended up being like a very big thing in my life um and an issue that I struggled with but also just me needing to deconstruct my judgments on other people um, 
to have real true friendships. So it was a big, um, that was a big moment that I can like very vividly remember. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually in, in, I'm in, interested because I, for some reason, I had the idea that everyone in your school had the same mindset on like virginity and like, yeah. you know, the religion in that way. So it's really, really interesting for me to hear that that was like very much what you're bringing in, like from family and church and all of that. And, you know, you're facing uh, people your age that yeah. don't have those same values. That's really, really interesting. But also I, at the end, like, just hearing you talk, like, the idea of you talking to, like, your future possible children, um, the, uh, the the generational trauma that you're undoing in yourself, mm-hmm. and then you're also freeing for other people, like, the children yeah. of other people that will go to your children for advice and solitude, like, instead of being met with that hurt and that scaredness right. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're going to have what your friends didn't have from you at the time. Yep. And that is like so beautiful that you can recognize like, hey, I wasn't a safe space for these people, but like that cycle ends with me. Yep. And that, thank you for saying that because it's like, that to me is like the only reason we know the world is on fire. Everything's a shit show. Uh I, I, the idea and thought of like having children is terrifying to me. Yeah. Um, however, Michael and I have spoken before that that is what makes me want to have even just one kid um, mm. is we can make a good ass human that yes. can be a great energy in this world that can love other people and can be kind and can want to uh, take care of others. Like, I just I feel so deeply in me that like there is someone who can come for me that is like that. Um, and not that like my child has to fulfill anything for me. I just feel like, um, ultimately there's so much that I have learned that I feel so inspired to instill in someone else. Yeah. Um, and I would love that. So, uh, yeah, I thank you for saying that because it is something that I care a lot about. I can recognize the mistakes that I made and not that my child wouldn't make their own, um, right, I right. just, it wouldn't be that one, I guess is what I'm saying. It wouldn't be that one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thanks. Oh, thank you for, thank you for sharing that, that, uh, for, it's so hard to admit when we've done something wrong, because I think yep. you've mentioned it in the last podcast about like wanting to course correct and be like, why well, never, I don't even want, I, I right. don't want you to think about that. I want you to think about, I, that's, that's in the past. I don't want you to think about this. And it's so important to, like, acknowledge, like, I fucked up, and that, because especially with, like, cancel culture and things like that, that we're hopefully moving towards undoing a little bit, because I think something like cancel culture... It It doesn't let people admit their mistakes, but... Exactly. It just makes... and. And when you can't admit and work through it, then you just become so much more stringently attached to that mistake because it's yeah, like you just double down. Like, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's so important to be able to admit, like, hey, I I messed up in X, Y, and Z way. Those mess ups don't define me because now I am working to undo that. Not that it was okay that I did that. Not that it's right. great that I did that. It happened though, and we can't undo that. So we, but I can move forward, and I can, right. I can acknowledge that. 
Um, so thank you so much for sharing that because I know it's really hard to like admit when we've, when we've not been the best version of ourselves. Yeah. Um, Shout out to, uh, shout out to my friend Jill, who was one of my best friends at that time. And I feel like has loved me through all of my changes and I appreciate Mm. her for that. Thanks Jill. Hi Jill. Yay. All right, what's your next one? My next year's 2017. I'm 2014, so I'm doing back-to-back. Oh, jeez, I have 2014 and 2016. Okay, here we go. (laughs) I went through a gap in life where I just kind of didn't do anything, so... (laughs) Okay, so I I tried to split them up. It's really hard. Okay, so 2014... um, This is a year into me working at the hotel with you. Um, Yes. And now, actually, at this point, you are gone. You got your new job um, in 2014. I have now gotten married, moved to Philadelphia, and I am working at the hotel, um, okay. and in 2014, I got my first teaching job. Yes. Um, Dang. This, yeah, so this was huge for me. It changed the entire, like, trajectory of my whole life. Yeah. Um, for a Literally. variety of reasons. Yes. Um, I had quit my job at the hotel without having a new one. I just quit. I was done, and I said, no, fuck it. I hate this place. I am miserable, and I quit, and I at the time, was also the breadwinner of my little relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband of the time was in grad school and not making money, and I needed to make money. Um, I didn't have a choice, and so I am immediately applying to as many places as I can think during my, like, two-week notice. Um, Yeah. And I had gotten interviews at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which, if anyone knows, it's a lovely place to work. Um, it's great. They have great benefits. Like it's, I was interviewing for the oncology department to work as like, um, basically a receptionist. Um, I do vaguely remember that interview. Yeah. So I was, I was in a final round of interviews there and I was also interviewing, I went in for an open interview call at this, um, school where I had originally interviewed also to be a receptionist. Um, and the school called me back and they were like, Hey, we don't have a receptionist job open, but we do have a teaching job open to teach high school Spanish. And Spanish was my major in college. And mm-hmm. they said, do you want to come in and interview for that? And I said, sure. Yeah, uh, why not? And so I took a trolley to Southwest Philadelphia mm-hmm. and rolled on into that school, which was in like a trailer uh, in Southwest Philly, which is not a place that you would frequent otherwise. Right. And nail the interview, get that job offer. I also get an offer at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Interesting. Oh my gosh. Butterfly effect stuff is so wild. Like Wild. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to work in the shithole that is Southwest Philadelphia? Yeah. Or am I going to work at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which is... One of the best, if not the best, children's hospitals in the country. And such a hard place to get a job at if you don't know someone Extremely difficult. And I chose teaching. I Mm. made the decision based off of my intuition that that's where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, And I did. And I didn't have benefits. Uh, (laughs) I was a contracted employee. And it was to this date my favorite job I've ever had um Mm. 
it not only altered the trajectory of my career path, um, like, because that's what I ended up doing for like a decade is teaching, Um, kind of still am doing in a, I guess, tangential way. Um, Yeah. I also learned so much about myself and the world, Mm. and I was the only white female identifying teacher. Um, All of my students were students of color. They were all below the poverty line. They were students who were too old for their grade and either were removed from, kicked out of their local high schools. and I just learned so much about what really happens in the education system and in the country and like without being dramatic, how terrible it is to live here. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, I learned so much. And my boss there was the, the other good boss that I've had in my life and she was amazing mm-hmm. um, and was so patient with me and how naive and new I was to the world. Um, yeah. and I had amazing coworkers that became such good friends of mine that I still speak to, um, who again, were all people of color who were patient with me and taught me a lot. It's where I lost yeah. my first student, um, to gun violence. It's where I saw my student on the front page of the New York times protesting for black lives matter. It's where mm-hmm. I learned that poetry can connect to high school students and I'm yeah. not maybe quite as a basic white bitch as I thought like I (laughs) I just learned so much about myself and the world and um it was an honor to to work there and to know those kids and it was uh, a tattoo that I got with the number of kids that graduated while I was working there um it really did change change my whole life um and my perspective and so I loved being there um from there is where I left. I'll go into my next one. Uh, 2016, I was there for two years, and um, I moved to California. That's my next one. Um, And that encompasses so much of me. Um, Leaving home, because Philadelphia was only an hour from where I grew up. Right, right. And so ultimately moving across the country and leaving home forced me to become my own version of myself, Um, I had no one else to tell me who to be, how to act, what to think. There was no church. There was eventually no husband. Yeah. There was no one to tell me what to do, how to act, what to believe. Um, and so for me, 2016 was the election year, uh, which was also huge. I moved to California uh, to keep a long story short, I, I cut ties with almost everyone from my church yeah. community at home almost immediately. Um, and I that was because like, of the election? Essentially. Okay. I think it would have happened regardless, but it, it expedited right. the process. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I moved in like August, uh, so it was like peak election right, time. Right, right, right. Um, and a lot of things were happening with that, like, very tumultuous, like, news reporting and stories that came out. And uh, just I just learned so much about so many people that I lost that entire community, not just because of mo- moving, but also social media. I, I couldn't yeah. anymore. And I said, I'm not like that. That's not me. And I was starting yeah. over. And yes, I got a, a new teaching job. That teaching job ended up being really toxic. Um Yes, I ended up living in, like, a very nice community, but I was very lonely. I was commuting 
at least an hour each way to go to work. And yeah. my husband at the time was, was working long days. And we also didn't have a good uh, relationship. Uh, we had a great friendship. We didn't have a good romantic yeah. partnership. Um, yeah. And so ultimately, me being in California ended up leading to me going to therapy, being diagnosed with bipolar anxiety, depression, my divorce, me becoming my own person, and getting... Yeah through all of these things, if I hadn't moved, I don't think I ever would have done anything for myself. I really don't. Mm. I would have leaned on and clung to the things that all of the grown-ups in my life were telling me to do. And so, um, I am so grateful for that, for that move. Although I was temporarily in, for me, the darkest point of my life. Um, it is also where I found so much joy and Mm. freedom ultimately um and that wasn't a forever place for me but it was a place that um I discovered I could get rid of the things that did not serve me and choose myself and I am so grateful for that so Mm. Miranda double whammy right there it's um it's really interesting I've definitely had conversations about this before about like you know us being like the sum of like the five closest people to us um Mm. you know just you know the who you who you're around kind of influence who you are and I find it really interesting because I always wonder like who are we without any kind of external input um pressure whatever you want to say um Mm. and so it's really interesting that moving for you and creating that physical barrier of now yeah. that all these decisions I'm making are for me. And like, you really stepped, I mean, honestly, I think you, for me as a friend, watching you blossom when you took your teaching job in Philly, yep. I saw you stepping into the you that you were always meant to be, but yeah didn't know that you were supposed to be, didn't know that that was like the path, that specific was the path that you were supposed to take. Like you did, you made a lot of changes on your own. Like when you were in Philly, like from going to the hotel to your teaching job, like yeah. you really, really stepped into yourself, but like you completed the the, the transformation um, when you moved. Um, so it's really interesting like that that like that shedding of that physical barrier yeah. for you was like your way of like really putting down everything else that like you knew who you were wor- working your walking into yeah. at that point. Um, so it's really, really interesting. Like that physical barrier was like the last yeah. one. I mean, it's so true because when you have people that are so invested in your life, um, it is difficult to not feel the pressure to be a certain way. And so to be yeah. somewhere where no one can tell you what to do is actually quite freeing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was great for me personally. Like at first, it was not because I didn't, I didn't know what to do yeah. with it, and um, I was not trained for that. Uh, I was, yeah. I was trained for constant input and uh, guidance, and so at first, I made lots of terrible decisions and. Um, I did a lot of things very wrong and I didn't know how to communicate when things weren't going my way and it was bad. Um, and then when I figured it out though, um, ultimately I 
I just feel like myself um, in a way that it makes me feel proud and not embarrassed. Mm. Um, yeah. To be the person Ooh, that I am, yes. you know? So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Isn't it wild that, like, we will allow ourselves to be someone we're embarrassed to be to make other people yeah. feel okay? Yep. Yeah. It's crazy so because, wild. yeah, I cared so much about what people thought and now I don't because I have a podcast and that means everyone can know everything about my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, okay, your next one's 2017. All right. 2017, yes. All right, here we go. Um, so 2017 is the year that I went to therapy Yay! for the first time. Going to therapy for... So, the reason that I originally went to therapy is because I had a job that wasn't really that high stress at the time. At the time, I was... Mm. I believe I was in sales and marketing at the time for an apartment building. So, I was doing, like, apartment leasing and, like, writing leases and, like, doing tours and stuff like that. And it really is not that high stress of a job, but I was constantly anxious. I remember one time, the, I think the time that really pushed me over the edge was I had forgotten, mm-hmm. um, someone I had leased to was an international, um, an international person. And I forgot to like get their visa and like scan their visa and check the expiration date of their visa and okay. like put it in their file. And I remember thinking, oh my God, what if they don't have this visa? And I've already like signed their lease and it was sent out. So like deal was done. And I'm like, oh my God, well, what if, what if they don't have it? What if I messed up? And, and then they're going to have to evict the person and then, and then I'm going to get fired and then they're going to, I'm going to have to pay something. And like these just like very, very irrational thoughts. A complete spiral. Oh, absolutely. Like to the point where I genuinely remember I did not sleep at all that night. I got to work an hour Mm. early because that's when the property manager got in. And I just sat in his office and sobbed and told him that I didn't get this visa paperwork. And I remember him just kind of staring at me and being like, okay, well, when it's a little bit later, not now, because it's 7 a.m., but a little later, do you want to just call (laughs) the resident and see if they have the paperwork? And then, like, if not, we'll figure it out. And, like, that was the, like, it was fine. That was the whole thing. (laughs) Like, that was it. And and I was just like, and it, it, it kind of took that for me to be like, oh, like, these mind spirals that I have are not normal. I was expecting him yeah. to freak out as much as I was freaking out. And it was just right. like, okay. And so I originally, right. and I it, I was definitely brought up with the, um, the idea that you only go to therapy if you're crazy. And yes. I'm not crazy, so I... Right can't go to why would I go to therapy that's not for right that's, that's not, a waste of your time that's for exactly. other people yes that's for that's for yuppies or it was either for yuppies yep. or like if you're like very very mentally unhinged yep. and like it was one or the, yep. one or the two um and like I use the I, I hate the word yuppie but like that was the the framing that I grew up with um sure <laughs> so um but I was like this I this isn't okay. Like, I I don't know what to do and I don't really want to take medication. I'm not really sure what's going on. I need to talk to someone because, like, this is obviously not okay. And I 
found through work. I was like, all right, well, let me just try it. Like, it might not be for me, but like, I'm just going to try it. Um, and so I ended up finding a therapist. Um, and the very, the very first day, like, you know, the very first time you see a therapist is kind of like the intro session, yeah. the session of yep. like, why, why are you here? What's going on? And I'm like why sobbing 15 minutes. What brings you Exactly. Like what, what made you want to come? And I'm like sobbing 15 minutes into it about stuff that's like not yep. even related to work. Like, I think I was like starting <laughs> to tell her about my childhood and just started sobbing. And so it was kind of like this confirmation of, oh, okay, I think I'm supposed to be here. Cause like, obviously I have a lot of stuff that I need to like talk to somebody about. I hope you're so happy to meet me. <laughs> Please listen to my trauma. She's like, I just need to know what day works for you to come in. And I'm like, you know, on the floor crying. Um, <laughs> She's like, I was going to ask when's your birthday, yeah. but okay. Exactly. <laughs> and like, we're just going in. Um, but yeah, so this was just like, it was the first time that I allowed myself to like externally acknowledge that I'm not okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I kind of just dealt with all of this spiraling anxiety anxiety and like what came to what I came to learn depression was just so normal to me that's just how you cope right. and how you function because again right this is just how the world is life's hard and sometimes it sucks a lot right. and suck like, it up exactly suck it up that's just like kind of how it is and yeah. going to therapy and being able to talk about all these talk about these things that are stressing me out and then also like learn tools to acknowledge these things like like actually acknowledge what is stressing me out why it's stressing me out and to work through it and I never had those tools I just knew cope with it yes and I was great. Yep. I, I put great in quotes. I was great at coping with it. Like I still got up and I went to work every day and I had this like vague right. idea that high made... functioning version of that. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Just like very high functioning. And like, had I not gone, had I not gone to therapy, I absolutely would have had some kind of breakdown. I, I don't know what it would have looked like and I don't know how sure. long it would have taken, but like the amount of stress and anxiety and just just underlining constant would it was just uh, no person can get through forever um and so I and then obviously as you go to therapy and therapist starts hearing things and things that I like I'm talking about my job and then you know hey a couple sessions ago you mentioned this I'd love to dig into that a little bit more and then I'm then I'm talking about family then I'm talking about past relationships right. things that I'm like well those and things all are... of a sudden you're making connections exactly yeah. exactly things that I'm like well those things are fine I'm just dealing with it and oh exactly now I'm making connections now I can kind of put these pieces together um so yeah I this is kind of a short section for me I just therapy was life-changing and I am so grateful and if mm-hmm. anyone out there is listening and has been brought up with the idea that like therapy is not for you because it's you that you're not someone that needs therapy for whatever the reason is that someone's told you therapy is absolutely for everybody it is not for someone just that yeah. is going through a really specific kind of difficult time or not for someone that is like rich and famous or whatever the case may be like it is it is yes. a, it is a neutral place for you to go to to just talk about things that are bothering you 
or things that are stressing you or things that are making you feel any kind of way that you can just work through with a neutral third party. And that is, that is literally it. Yep. Same. My first therapist was amazing. And I feel like, I feel like people don't believe it when we say people are neutral, like they're genuinely neutral people. Um, with no judgment toward anything you say. And, and Ashley mentioned like skills and tools. That's what it is. Like I learned so much and like just very practical uh, things. Like uh, when I am spiraling the things that I can do, like literally shoving my face into ice water, like actual like tools. Yes. Like I don't, I don't mean like, Oh, I'm going to take, uh, a deep breath and spin yeah. in a circle and yeah. take a nap. Like, no. Like, like this just is what will help regulate tools. your nervous system. Do this. Yeah, just like science. Um, yeah. <laughs> just things that, that I would love to know that would work best for me. Like, when I'm telling her things and she's like, oh, do you feel that way often? And I'm like, actually, yeah. And she's like, oh, you know what would help with that is this thing. And I'm like, cool, thanks. And then I do it and then I actually feel better. Yeah. It's amazing how science works. Yes. Um, it's just it's just neutral. It really is. I love that word because there isn't um you're not a better person because you go to therapy. No. And uh you're not a shitty person because you go to therapy. Yeah. You're just a person. Um and I think that neutral is a great word. And yeah. I appreciate you sharing about therapy because I think it is becoming more normalized, and I, I appreciate yeah. that. I feel like people are talking about it more. Um, but it, to have it as a life-changing moment, is, is it holds a lot of weight. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah, and also just, like, one more thing to piggyback. Like, I've said some weird shit to my therapist. Like, I, and it took a while to yep. get there. I was very, like, the first, I will say the first, like, two or three years. Like, there was definitely stuff I was holding back, because I'm like, oh... I know you said you don't judge. Yeah, you want to you want to win therapy. Yes, exactly. But like, finally, I would start. I, you know, some of like the darker stuff that's kind of like floating around that you almost just want to unburden yourself. And the sure. And like, there was literally never there was never anything that I said that she was like, "Oh, you think that?" And I think that was a big fear of mine yeah. that like I'm gonna I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna say the thing that like breaks my therapist right like I'm gonna say yes. the thing where she's like I she's gonna be like oh never heard that one before yeah. let's send you to somewhere else <laughs> yes and like that didn't happen and like to know that you can say that to someone or whatever yeah. whatever the things are that's going on in your head to be able to say that to someone and have like a very rational conversation about those thoughts yeah. very very very. Um, Yep. Just, I don't know what the word is, but it was relieving, I guess is the best word. Yeah. So, yeah. Go to yeah, therapy. I feel like it's just validating. There's a lot of validating. validation in therapy. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so that's mine. My next All right, one's when's not your till last 20- one, Ashley? What's, uh, I, my next one's not till 2020. Oh, that's yours then, because I'm 2022 is my last one. Okay, well, then I have two then, because I have 20, uh, this is my fourth one coming up. I have 2020 and then 2021. Um, oh, perfect. Okay, you go. All right. So, um, my next one is being introduced to tarot. 
Ooh, I love this. Yes. So in 2020, I was over. I feel like the Deja's the star of this episode. Um, I was over Deja's house. Yay! I do have other friends, not many, but I do have others. I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I was over Deja's house, and our mutual friend Amanda, who was one of my friends from high school, was also there. We were having like a sleepover weekend. Uh, we were going to watch Hamilton and just like chill and yeah. take an edible. It was beautiful. And Amanda had brought over her tarot cards. Now, Amanda went to high school with me. Hmm. And when in high school was very religious. And so when Amanda and, you know, had Amanda's journey through her own faith has like changed throughout the years as we grow. But when Amanda brought out the tarot cards, I was like, whoa, what, what is, I was not prepared for you to do this. Like, (laughs) and I had no knowledge of tarot other than like, you go to a fortune teller and they have tarot cards and they tell you when you're going to die. Like that was what I thought tarot cards were. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and Amanda had introduced me to the cards. I was like, hey, I'd love to do a reading. Like, I'm just learning how to do this. I'm still practicing. But, like, if you'd like, I'd love to do a reading. Yeah. Um, now, she did a reading for us. It was actually, we had all taken an edible, so we were a little high. Also, in my reading, the death card and the devil card came up. And, like, I had no idea, like, what those cards meant. So, there was this moment, and, like, Deja didn't either because she never used tarot. So, there was this momentary pause. We're all just, like, looking at the cards and then just start, like, cracking <laughs> up. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is my first, re- like, reading. Like, what is happening? Um, but anyway, so the next morning, Amanda was like, kind of, like, telling me a little bit more. And I had such a visceral reaction. I just, I've never felt a stronger connection to something I knew so little about in my entire life. Like, I... I remember Mm. wanting to, like, leave. I was so excited to be at Deja's house for the weekend. I was so stoked. I remember just wanting to leave so I could go somewhere and buy my own cards and go home and just sit with them and learn everything I could about them. Um, Like, I... There was just this ping of, like, this is something that's going to be very important and, like, I want to start it now. I want to start it now. Um, But I didn't. I stayed the weekend. Um, (laughs) So I ended up getting my own deck and... I was just for weeks had just been obsessed with like learning as much as I could about the cards and connecting with them. And it was, it was such a cool tool for me. Cause I almost used it. I use them as like my own therapy guides. Like I, the way yes. I use them is like intuitive reading. So I look at the cards and yes. kind of figure out how they're relating to what's currently going on and like different ways, to, yep. different ways to think about these situations. And I was just obsessed. I was I absolutely, absolutely became obsessed with these tarot cards and then in that obsession I just wanted to know as much as I could about them and in that it just started spreading and so you know on YouTube like watching all these tarot videos would lead me to someone talking about um like spirituality and law of attraction and it just it was my basically my bridge into my own spiritual awakening that I eventually had. Yep. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't know if I would have gone through the life changes that preceded if I had not been introduced to these tarot cards. Um, and so I'm so, so, so grateful to Amanda. Um, I don't like even think she knows like how much, like, just her bringing her tarot cards mm. over that weekend, like, literally changed the trajectory yeah. of my life. Um, 
because like and especially like with someone that I knew and love as much as Amanda and knowing her background and I think there was still in me this fear of like oh tarot that's for people that think they can do magic and at the time I had this like very limited kind of like judgy worldview of that and like oh Amanda's doing it it's kind of interesting and then like oh well that almost again like gives me that weird mental permission that we think that we need to like do or explore something of course um and like being able to actually really delve into that world and then that world led me into this journey that I never would have thought for myself of like learning more about spirituality and my soul and um life paths and law of attraction and timelines and all of these things that that spiraled from like learning about the tarot um and then to jump to 2021 which is my last one um and again I don't think that this would have happened without first learning about these tarot cards um I ended up quitting my job (laughs) because um through this through this spiritual exploration um I started recognizing it almost compounded on what I had learned in therapy about my own self-discovery and then learning about my spirituality and recognizing how much of my life Mm -hmm. I had genuinely felt like I was sleepwalking through life and kind of just going through these motions and doing what I'm supposed to do and it kind of goes back to like leaving college and being on this like very survival like very survival minded mindset of do this because you need to pay these bills you are you are a thing that pays bills and then like for me and I'm not saying that anyone you, you need to be spiritual to like know yourself but for me in my path this spirituality was a tool of shifting that mindset of yeah. From I am yep. a person that pays, like, my purpose here is to pay bills, shifting that yeah. into my purpose here is to be here and experience life. Yeah. Um, and wow. yeah, seriously. And I've just recognized, like, how little of life I had experienced because I had been so focused yeah. on career and making money and paying bills. Like, that was, that was my life cycle. Um, yep. And through a lot, I never genuinely considered that I could just leave a job ever. Yep. Because mm-hmm. what does one do when they leave a job? Well, then that's right. Like I, I, I couldn't comprehend what that would you be You leave like. a job when you die. Exactly. And that is all. Exactly. And I got to this point where I was just like, I, what is stopping me other than me? Um, and of course there were, you know, I was very, very fortunate in that I was in a position where I was able to save some money where I would be okay for a few months to kind of like figure out what that next step was. Right. Um, so I Mm -hmm. do acknowledge that there was a lot of privilege there because of the job that I had, because of the expenses that I had, I don't, I didn't have a partner, don't have a child. Um, so I do acknowledge like there's a very, a lot of different um, things that were coming into play to allow me to leave that job at that time. But right. I was I finally was able to give myself like this very powerful moment of taking full control of my life where mm. I was able to like say, hey, I'm not coming back to this job. I am going to figure out what it is I would like to do yeah. in my life. Um, and so I had left my job. The plan was to 
go and take a train trip around the country for a month because Deja had found Deja, I swear to God, Deja should be on the podcast next week. <laughs> um, Deja had yes. found like Amtrak had this like sale where you could for 30 days um, take 10 trips around the country and it was like $200. And I'm like, perfect, I'm leaving my job, I can do this, I'll train trip and then figure out what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Um, and I don't, it's kind of interesting and I don't know if it's another intuitive ping or not, but the week, two weeks after I left my job. So the plan was I had left my job the 9th of July and the plan was okay. the 1st of August to go to Florida, hang out with my dad for like two weeks, um, do my yeah. train trip and then move to California and kind of figure it out. Cause California had always been yep. this thing, this thing that I wanted to do in life. Um, two weeks after I left my job. So I still had about a week and a half before I was supposed to leave for Florida. I got the call that my dad was in a coma. And so I obviously yep. like, I still was still packing my apartment and selling things. And I don't know how I did it, but within two days I got everything out of my apartment and started driving down to Florida. Yeah. And I was able to be there for until my dad passed away. And then I ended up staying in Florida for a few months. Right. Um, and it's, I look back and the timing is just insane because I agree. I had been at that job for eight years and I was miserable yes. for eight years. <laughs> and I, if I, if all these things hadn't fallen into place with me discovering more about myself, my spirituality, leaving this hmm. job, if all those things didn't happen, I don't know how I yeah. would have processed my dad passing. I have goosebumps. I genuinely, genuinely don't know how... I, I I don't know how I would have processed it. I'd end up taking the train trip after my the ceremony that we had for my dad and being able to take his ashes. And, like, not only right. make this mm -hmm. a trip for me to explore the country and do this, you know, independent act of, like wanting to travel and take time and also being a way to connect right. with him and all the places that I stopped at, I sprinkled some of his ashes and have it hmm. not only be for me, but another form of grieving. Um, yeah, it was just a wild, wild time. So quitting, quitting my job, making that decision to quit my job and do these things that yep. to kind of take control back of my life. Um, at the perfect time, at the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my, um, those are my, those are my, the last two, my 2020 and 2021. I thank you so much because now you're in California, which is my bonus number six. I just, I'll touch on it before we wrap up, but yeah, I'm in, I'm in California, um, figuring it out. <laughs> and it's wild because yeah, the, the timing of you not being tied to a job that was making you it it had your like spirit so preoccupied yes. that you wouldn't have been able to I wouldn't have let myself it would have been an present. excuse it would have been me going right. to my job That's exactly right if I had not again yes. gone through my whole my own internal spiritual connection with self it's crazy I would have just been like well I'm gonna go to the funeral and then I have to get back to work yep. I have to get back to work I have to. I don't have a choice. Exactly. Yes. I have to get back to work. Um, and I would mm. not have. Oh. I would not have. I would. My dad died in 2021 and it is now 2023. And I can yeah. I can 100 percent guarantee you that if 
the things didn't align for me to allow myself to get in touch with myself, get in touch with my spirituality, get in touch with the idea that I have control and autonomy of my own life, that I still would not have processed my dad's passing. There's no question. Yeah. Even now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible to me. And it's beautiful in a way. Um, how the universe like prepares you for the things that happen and again how time is like infinite and kind of interchangeable and um looking at timelines in that way like we can only see them linearly yes um and so like to us it's like astounding and the universe is like I know right I like (laughs) I got you I got it (laughs) took care of it already um and it's like a it's beautiful to think that we are currently being prepared for similar things yes to come I don't know it's very cool to to know that at any point in time like whatever we are doing is preparing us for what is next um and again like in a in a deconstruction lens for me like religiously it is so comforting because that is something that is taken from many religions like Christianity specifically is like the idea that you are being prepared for things Mm. like and there are consistencies in like all religions and spiritualities and um it is very beautiful to think that like even growing up if if everything I believed wasn't quite right some of the things that I believed were yes yes um and there's still things that are true, and I, I didn't make it all up in my head, and it wasn't all some fever dream that was, like, fabricated by someone from a pulpit. Yes. Like, there are real, true things that are happening here and in my life, yeah. and there are things that prepare you for other things in the future, yes. and um, it's really beautiful to hear you share that way, so thank you. Thank you. And I'm ready for your, your last, uh, your last, uh, My last thingy. one! I can't think of the word. Thingy is the word. Yeah, my last one's in, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, 2022, I picked, um, Michael and I deciding to buy a house Mm, out here. Yes. Um, yeah, so, if I'm being, like, really transparent, when I was brainstorming, there were lots of things that were coming up, um, in, like, this most latter part of my life, and I truly feel like I, I dissociated Mm. so much of my time in California. Yeah. Um, that I wasn't really ready to say what was life-changing to me. Yeah, that's fair. Because I haven't thought about yeah, it yet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, like, truly haven't connected myself with it. There are lots of things that, um, happened that I think were probably really life-changing. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember them. Yeah. And I can't recall them well enough. And I just didn't feel like that was particularly fair to touch on them. So I just lumped my time in California as like one big thing. Um, And then uh, in 2022, I had been dating Michael for a year. And um, I had done the dating apps and found him on there and um, dating someone who was not toxic and... uh, very stable Mm -hmm. and grounded and um in his own spiritual journey that he was very honest and open about yeah um it was new for me and uh we were a year into the relationship and 
I had always been very honest that I didn't want to live in California forever. I didn't want to be there uh, for a variety of reasons. And he had always said that he wanted to move. He had lived in California his whole life, okay. which was different from me. Um, and he was like, oh, I also I'm ready, yeah. Um, and he said, you know, I want to live a much simpler life and I want to, um, you know, have land and chickens and, you know, space and yeah. quiet. And I was like, oh, that's where I come from. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I can do that. And he was like, would you really do it? And I said, no, I really would. And he had, he had talked to other, um, relationships that he had had and, uh, they were never really ready to like actually do right. it. Like they would say like, oh, like that sounds nice. One day. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, to really commit and be like, no, like, I'll pack up and move now um, was not something that he had ever found. And when he he was like, would you really just move? And I said, yeah, if you found a place, I would go. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not tied to here. I, there's lots here that I want to yeah. leave behind. I'm very um, so untied. So I'm, I'm ready when you are. Yeah. Um, he said, okay. And uh, he was kind of getting himself prepared to, to leave and... Um, he was like, do you, like, trust me to find a place? And I was like, yeah, I, I really do. And he had found a place in Kentucky, and we went, we flew and visited it. And he said, how do you feel? I said, put in an offer. And he said, are you sure? <laughs> and I said, I'm not, like, I'm genuine when I say, like, um, I had spent so much time figuring out what I wanted in a relationship that at that point uh, I found what I wanted and I kind of knew it. I was not. I didn't feel any doubt in any particular way about the relationship. I didn't feel any doubt about starting somewhere new. I did it once. Yep. I could do it again. Yep. Um, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. He had never moved really before, like oh. not out of state. And um, he had gone to college. It's not quite the same. Um, and he was like, can you really do it? And I said, if I moved to California and survived this shit, mm -hmm. I can do anything. Yes. I can do anything. And he was like, okay. And put in an offer, got the stuff. After, after lots of other, like, searching and, and other home yeah. offers and things, um, it, we were accepted here. And uh, he was like, are you ready to do this? And I said, I am. My bag's already Ending packed, the lease on boo. my apartment as we speak. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to go. And so cross country, we came here and. Um, also, I think I it mean, needs to within... be said really quick. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but it needs yeah. to be said that we no. were. As you were moving out of California, I was moving yes. into California. Literally the same week. Literally we were the same week. Physically crossing yes. paths. <laughs> but you were on the like north I probably route. waved yeah. to your train. <laughs> exactly. I was like, hey. Yeah. No. Seriously. Um, which is crazy to me. Um, I don't think California could both handle of both us, of us yes. in the same place at the same time. <laughs> it had to do it like, like absolutely balance. not. You need to step. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It was like no. You need to knock it off. Um, and so. We drove out here, and um, after, like, four months, he proposed on the deck of our of our mm. house, and um, then we got, we did our own little, like, marriage ceremony yeah, in the did. living room, and I, it just, this is our little space, and this is where we are safe, and um, I am so happy, uh, I'm gonna, this is so lame, um, but, like, I used to be so loud about my relationships and the people that loved me and mm. um, wanting validation from other people that the relationship or relationships, even friendships I was in, were cool and important yes. and um, valuable and right. And um, 
I don't care anymore. My relationship is very private. And um, as Taylor Swift says, uh, romance is not dead if you keep it just yours. Mm. And that's how I feel. Um, It is a very private relationship and I share very little. And um, I I love our like, it's like a secret garden kind of place. Um, And that was life changing for me because... um, for so many reasons, I I never thought that I would be in a committed relationship like this again. Yeah. I didn't know if I would ever feel comfortable talking about having children with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, I had contemplated moving back in with my parents yeah. um, during, you know, a time that I was so confused about what I was going to do with my life. And so to be here and, and own a house and have the space and uh, to feel safe and, and happy somewhere mm. uh, was... was a whole new trajectory for me. Um, and to know that like you can accept those good things for yourself and not feel like you don't deserve them. And yes. uh, it's, that's new for me. Yes. And so Receiving yeah, is I'm, hard. I love being here and I'm so happy. Mm. It's very hard, but we're here. You're here, Miranda. I am so happy for you. Like, and it's, it's so interesting. Cause like, is Kentucky anywhere that you'd ever picture no. yourself? <laughs> Absolutely the not. The fact that you could be somewhere, I think that's, like, such a testament to, like, what joy is, right? Because we have, yep. I think so often we're so tied to what a specific outcome is supposed to look like. Yes. That we forget mm-hmm. that there's other pathways to joy and we're so caught up. Yes. In, but this thing doesn't look like this. And so I can't be happy. Yep. And, but why can't we be happy with what's going yeah. on? And like, you know, I'll acknowledge like when things aren't going right, of course, but like the fact that we can't find joy until something looks like the way that we pictured it, like, yep, absolutely amazing. Like you are somewhere you never pictured yourself being and are no. probably happier than even your imagined, like whatever your imagined version of your life would look like now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I always thought that I was going to, you know, try to buy a a townhouse in in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and and have a family of many children and figure it out. Um, And the fact that I want literally none of those things um, is really crazy. And and with a person that uh, is not someone I could have even fathomed, you know, even three years ago... um, yeah, it's it's amazing what happens when you start choosing yourself. I, I feel like ultimately the two of us ended up at the same spot, which is um, as we started choosing ourselves, things started working out for us. Um, like that's really what ended up happening is like I, I wouldn't have been in a place to meet Michael at the exact time that I was supposed to yeah. on a dating app. Um if I didn't do all of the things before that needed to happen. Um, and you know, he had, he had not dated, uh, for a year. He took an entire year break and he had never used dating apps. And I was his first dating app date. Um, and so like the fact that like I happened, I had also never used, uh, dating apps. Um, I had gone on two dates before him and I hated them both so much that I deleted the app for three weeks. And when I returned to the app three weeks later, he was the first person I met. That is wild. Um, 
so just the timing is crazy. Again, um, the universe is... And, and, like, free will is so a thing. Like, I do not want to take away free will. Yes. But, like, there yep. is... With... I... I with the universe, I love talking and thinking about, like, the shit that we, how we experience life. Yep. When you are taking, like, aligned action with self, how the yes. universe, like, aligns the shit for you that you want to be aligned with when you are taking those right. steps for yourself is, like, fucking Correct. amazing. It's so, it's validating. It really is. Um, when I... Like, even all the things that have happened since then, just, like, I'm looking around at, like, the, the room I'm in now, being like, what the fuck? Like, how did I get here in the best kind of way? Um, it's really cool to just know that, um, I don't know, everything, everything is working out for me, no matter how, no matter how it looks at any point in time, yes. is what I keep saying. Oh, Miranda. so true. Yes. Well, I, to kind of piggyback and I appreciate you so much for kind of, you know, talking about your dissociation period, because that's actually really quick how I wanted to end my little spiel today about myself is because I've recognized since being here that there have definitely been large swaths of time that I have dissociated. And I think it is like, it's almost like, kind of like we were talking about course correcting earlier. I had been on this path yep. for so long of, this is what I'm supposed to do, and you do these things, and it doesn't matter That's if right. you're happy, but you have to do them. And then I took this huge leap of, well, I'm doing these things for myself, and everything is working out, but there's still this old narrative of, but you need to do X and Y and Z, you, you know... And so I'm, I found as soon as I got to California, like working, finding a job immediately and then finding a job that paid a little bit more, but like yeah. makes me really sad. And, it's, and like kind of just giving into right. that rather than, and then, well, taking this job that makes me sad doesn't pay me enough for sure. And then focusing so heavily on that and then not seeing everything else that's going on around me, all of the good that's going on, all of the ways that I can possibly right. improve the situation, all the ways that I can focus on myself. And so kind of for me, I'm recognizing like patterns and being aware of these patterns. Interesting. And so now, okay. now for me, the journey I'm learning is being aware of the patterns and then acknowledging that they're happening and then taking action to not allow myself to mm, just completely okay. give into those patterns. Cause I've definitely, I feel like very, very recently I'm just starting to acknowledge like, Oh, Ashley, you've been here for like nine months now. And this was literally <laughs> a dream that you've had. You're for years right. and years to like somehow live in California. And now you're here. And like, I just started going like to the ocean to watch the sunrise like two months ago. Um, because right. why would I do it before? I'm sad and I'm tired. No, one day I'll get there. One day I'll get there. It's like, bitch, you're right. here. Um, and so, you know, right. <laughs> like you're here now. Um, and so recently I've been doing like doing this podcast with you and like making this very, very special sacred time to like, do something that I've wanted to do and but never thought I was ready yeah. for. I'm not we're not good enough yet. Um yep. you know, just starting to finally just do things that are bringing me back to myself. Yep. I hadn't picked up like I I could probably count on both my hands how many times I've actually used my tarot card since being here because 
I just, yep. well, you know, right now I'm still figuring it out. I can't. There's so many other things exactly. happening that are more important. And I'm just fine. I'm again, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting my footing. Like I feel like the past few months I've been like kind of like a cartoon character when they're running and their legs are in the air, like in a circle. Yes. Um, yep. So just kind of wanted to bring that up because it sucks. Like well, I thought, well, when I get to California, all of my problems will melt away and I will turn into the final right. version of this person that I want to be and everything will be perfect and good and pure. Right. And right. I, this is kind of like a, it's like Cinderella's pumped exactly, into a carriage. Exactly. Like, and it was, ta-da. it's like a humbling experience because I feel like there, I was hiding parts of myself because I didn't want to admit that I'm, I yeah, finally yeah. did this thing that I've been talking about forever, but it's not like this vision that I had in my head. Like, yeah, I'm in California, but like, mm, I, yeah. you know, working a job that I can barely pay my bills and like X and Y and Z. Right. Right. And I'm just in the process now of starting to shed all of that. And like, Ashley, you're here yep. and like, you can, you can enjoy yes. this and you can like maneuver the way that you want to. Um, so just a just a little glimpse of hope for anyone that's going through something kind of similar where like you were at a place that you thought you always wanted to be and it's not looking like it's supposed to because like I feel that like I understand and just to kind of take that step back and like which parts aren't the way that quote-unquote supposed to be is that what you think someone else thinks they're supposed to be for you and like how can you navigate within that space no matter where you basically Hmm. the point is like no matter where you are you can find your joy you can find your purpose but it needs to be focused on that and not this like external idea of like this is supposed to look like this that's so good I love it and I um since since moving here I have already changed my ideas so much of like what my time Mm. here is supposed to be like but um I joined Bumble BFF so a dating app but for friends I love that um and yeah I have one friend that um she's been lovely and we've gotten together quite a few times and um when we first got together it was like right toward the beginning of the new year and we were kind of talking about like you know what we wanted our years to look like and um she was saying how uh she had not allowed herself to try new things because like we're already adults and trying new things is weird when you're a grown-up um and so she she was like I feel like I now have enough like disposable income to like try something new and it not be like Mm. a waste of my money um and so she's like uh for example she like took a pottery class uh and she's like taking a cooking class and um just like things that she's always wanted to try but she was scared to do it because she wasn't already good at it now she's an adult uh and I was very inspired by that and so we've been talking quite a bit and um it's just so cool because uh, we went to a, a combo bookstore cafe together. We got coffee okay. and we were looking at books and um, they had a flyer and she was like, hey, don't you do poetry? And I haven't written or performed in yeah. I don't know how long because when you've dissociated for so long, how can you share anything emotional yes. in any right. capacity? You're not I, Yeah, I can't able. even process what's um, happened. I can't explain she, it to you artistically. No. Like. No, absolutely not. Um, and then I shy away from like even reading or watching. 
like I don't even want to watch or listen or read other poetry because then I'm embarrassed that like right. I haven't done it and you know whatever. Um, but she was yes. so cute. She oh, was like, I feel that right so strongly, Miranda. I hate oh it. Oh my gosh! Thank you for saying that out loud because like definitely haven't allowed myself to like externally acknowledge that. But absolutely, I have been in a place where I have been like, well, I haven't written in so long. And, I, and then I get what, embarrassed, like, write, watching other people perform things, and I'm like, Ugh. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, whatever I write, since it's been so long, it better be really good, and I'm not there yet, so I'm oh not. Oh, my God, it's, even, yes, mm. yep, yep. Sorry, yeah, I Thank won't even open a page. Um, yep. And so she was so cute. She was like, don't you do poetry? And I was like, oh, I haven't performed in a long time. And she was like, they have an open mic here every third Thursday. We should come together. And I just thought mm. it was such a cool gesture from someone yeah uh, yeah to recognize something that I that I love and care about and someone who's willing to I don't know come alongside me in that um, yes and she asked she said that. I don't have to come but you should go um and oh. I just thought that was, I don't know it was just so neat so um ultimately I feel like I'm I'm finding my way here and yeah um I don't know it maybe maybe I'll be inspired to uh, write more or perform something yes. or get back into it um i think we are all uh meant to keep putting new things out there whether it's creating something physically or just um yes i don't know creating more for ourselves but anyway that's all i had to say there's a a content creator who also does coaching that i follow and they were saying when they are they're still new at coaching and they were having this like imposter syndrome about their abilities and mm, they told yeah. them they had this like moment of realization about like there is someone out there that's waiting for my services um <laughs> that like someone someone out there like I'm going to service wow. like as a coach and it's going to be like life changing for them and like me I being scared to do that yeah, me being scared to do that, I'm holding that back from them. And the same thing with, like, art and poetry. Like, there's someone that's going to connect with our words, or our yeah, art, Yeah, they're waiting to poetry. hear them. Mm-hmm. Mm, and, like, I love that. It's not, yeah, it's not, what is it doing if it's just sitting in us, like, because we're too scared as people to, like, wow. share. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for saying that. It's important. Yeah, which is, like, you know, the life journey, right? Like... Yeah. We just have to get out there and live. We're all walking each other home, wherever that home is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Wow. Those are our life timelines, Ashley. We did it. Those are our life timelines. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. I, I, I really enjoyed this, like, like process. So I'm really, really grateful that we um, made this made this come to fruition. I think this was, like, this was really helpful for me. And it even, it brought up some things yeah. that I need to reflect with, things I've forgotten about. Yeah. Um, things that I, when I look at the timeline, I'm like, damn, you, you have come far away. And like, every time you beat yourself yeah. up for like, yeah, it's a, uh, it was really powerful. So yay us. And I yay. encourage everyone to do it for themselves. Yeah, no, doing a timeline for yourself. Is- <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this was a, this was a very, very good one. So yay us. Yay, us. And so thank you guys for being here. And respectfully, there is no failing here. Bye. Bye.